You are listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm so happy to have you here. I hope that you guys enjoyed last week's episode with Nick and I. That was a really fun conversation. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. So I think that we'll probably do more things like that in the future just because, you know, we both have been such a huge part of each other's journey. And um, and we've definitely learned a lot along the way. So I hope that was helpful for you guys in many, many different ways. So um, today I want to start... Um, the first episode of the um, Educated Consumer Series that I'm going to be doing on the show. So essentially, this is giving you the informed consent, the all you should know about all these different things that I think you should know. Um, So I'm going to cover different things like different food products. You know, I definitely want to dive into caffeine and energy drinks and pre-workouts. I'm going to dive in to other types of supplements. I want to talk about certain pharmaceuticals. talk about certain packaged processed food or certain like diets, like informed consent around, you know, veganism or paleo or keto, you know, like for me, informed consent is knowing the risks and benefits so that you can make an informed decision. So regardless of what the modality, what the diet, what the recommendation, what the pharmaceutical, what, what it is, informed consent is all about understanding your risks and your benefits that you can get from X, Y, Z, right? So, you know, you go to the doctor and most don't really give proper informed consent. Um, You know, so someone comes to me for a chiropractic appointment, you know, I say, hey, you know, we're going to do some muscle work today. You might be a little bit sore today. You know, if we do some cupping, you might have some bruising, Um, but it's, it's not, it shouldn't be painful you know, these are the, these are what can happen. And these are the benefits that can happen. You might have improved recovery. You, you, um, will have improved circulation, all these things. And so I'm, I say, you know, at the end of giving all the risks and benefits, I say, how does that sound to you? Does that sound okay to you? Right? So that's the informed consent that we don't, we don't get that informed consent, you know, when we're in the grocery store picking something off a shelf, we don't get that informed consent when we're buying, you know, an energy drink at the gas station. You don't get that informed consent when you're buying a supplement from somewhere in the fitness industry. And, you know, unfortunately, I did not get that informed consent when I um, was getting on birth control or even, you know, at the dermatologist getting on certain topicals. And so I really kind of want to cover all of these different things so that, you know, you guys can get that informed consent and, you know, hopefully these episodes can just make it so that you know better and then you can do better. And that's kind of my whole premise with so many other things that I've talked about. I've talked about so much about non-toxic living and better foods and, and it's not a slap on the wrist because you just didn't know. And, you know, now you can make, I think it's a good thing because now you can make these changes. And, um, I just, I am a really big believer in, in knowing the risks and benefits to everything. And then we can make an informed choice as a consumer. So, um, I thought the first one that I would start with would be birth control, oral contraceptives. And I am going to also do IUD, uh, non-hormonal and hormonal in this episode as well, because I think that those are really important. A lot of people are kind of leaning towards those for certain reasons. So I want to kind of cover it all today. And 
again, this is definitely, you know, going to hit home with a lot of my female listeners. But if you're a male and you have a daughter who's being put on birth control, or you have a wife who's on birth control or thinking about it, um, you know, I really still highly recommend that you continue to take a listen because I guarantee that even if you're a male, someone in your life that you love is probably on or has been on something like this. Um, so, you know, it's, then you can share this with them and, and just be a good resource for them. You know, um, you know, Nick has probably learned more about birth control than he probably ever cares to know, but I think it's important, especially because we make these decisions as a, as a couple, you know, like that I'm not on birth control because of all that I'm going to share with you today. That's definitely a conversation that, you know, people need to have with their significant others. It's really important. Um, you know, it's, there's just so much lacking, you know, when I think of when I was on this, which I was never originally even put on it for birth control, right? So birth control, oral contraceptives are, are kind of an umbrella medication that can be used for really any type of hormonal imbalance, right? So a lot of people go on it when they're young because their, their periods are painful, their periods are heavy, they're maybe inconsistent. Um, their uh, acne is a big one. Um, so a lot of people are put on these things, especially at a young age, which when you are put on this at a young age, I don't like that because when you are young, you know, 12, 13, 14, your cycles are going to be a little bit more irregular, or they're going to be a little bit more heavy, or they're going to be a little bit painful. They can be to start because your body's still trying to figure it out. Like your body's still kind of trying to get in the swing of things. Um, so to just immediately mask a natural process that's happening and not let it fold out really concerns me. Um, you know, so many, I think of so many people back in high school that were on it at such a young age. And thankfully I was only on it for two years, uh, when I was 19, 20, maybe. Um, probably 20, I think. Um, so thankfully, like I had enough time for at least my cycle to mature, but that's, that's what's happening. And that's kind of the reality is, you know, Oh, you have this, Oh, we're putting you on this 13 years old. Oh, you have this, you're put, we're putting you on this at 14 and then they're on it until what? 24, 34. They want, they come off, they want to have kids. That's where this discussion becomes really important because the, the way that these oral contraceptives work is one, they're not actually fixing your acne. They are not fixing your painful periods. They, their mechanism of action is the fact that these oral contraceptives turn off the communication from your brain to your ovaries. That connection doesn't, does not work anymore. So when that connection doesn't work, your ovaries can't produce hormones because there's no connection from the brain to the ovaries telling, Hey, produce this, produce this, produce this, that connection is stopped. And so essentially your hormones are quote unquote level because you are on synthetic hormones that are quote unquote stabilizing you. But in reality, that's, we know that when you come off, you still have those demons and you still have those things to deal with, right? Cause they're just not going away. Um, so that's something that I wish that I knew. I wish that I knew when I went, when I went to the dermatologist for hormonal acne, she said, Oh, go to your OB. And you know, I bet you she'll put on you on birth control. And I bet I'll never see you again. Ran to the OB because I said, Oh my God, that's so great. Cool. I don't want to deal with acne. You know, I have a new boyfriend and it was Nick. And so I was like, I don't want acne all over my face. And like, that's annoying. And I, went to the OB and she's like, Oh, I'll put you on this one. It's great for acne. I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really quite understand what that means. Um, but okay. And 
when I was there, she never told me the mechanism of how it works. She never told me the mechanism of how it would stop my acne. She just said, I just see it. I see it fix acne. And so does that sound good to you? That was the informed consent that I got. And it's bullshit. That is not right. Um, I should have been told all that I'm going to share with you guys now and things that I thankfully learned quite quickly with being on the pill um, so that I could very quickly take myself off and help kind of really fix the root cause that had been there for a long time. So like I said, this oral contraceptive is shutting off the communication between your brain and ovary. So essentially they're dormant. You're in like a menopausal state, um, essentially right with, with synthetic or, uh, estrogen and progesterone. And essentially the bleed that you get every month is just a withdrawal bleed. That's not an actual period. I hope we're all clear on that. Like just because you get your period quote unquote every month and it makes you regular, it really doesn't because it's not a genuine period because you're, you aren't ovulating. Right. So that's the other important thing. Whether you want to get pregnant or not, ovulation is the superstar when we're talking about your hormones, when we're talking about your cycle. The key to how healthy you are is not necessarily if you bleed or not, it's did you ovulate? That is the most important. So on the pill, obviously you're not ovulating, right? That's part of the mechanism of action. If you can't ovulate, you can't get pregnant. That's how it works. So um, it's, it's essentially shutting this amazing amazing thing off in our body. And we're just consistently at this like level state, which we are really supposed to be fluctuating hormones throughout the month. And and the pill will, will kind of mirror that a little bit, but for the most part, it's, it's very stable level. So first I want to kind of talk about, um, I want to talk about what the pill is depleting. And this is really important because at least if you are go, someone goes on a statin, at least most doctors are smart enough to be like, Oh, the statin is going to deplete CoQ10. So we need to supplement you with one, right? Like most people do. I've had patients in my office who are on a statin and I'm like, we need to get you on a CoQ10 because their doctor never did that. Like that should just be an automatic thing, right? Um, it's the same thing with these laundry list of nutrients that I'm going to include for the birth control pill, which then when we talk about, you know, signs and symptoms that you might get, things that might happen when you're on birth control, these depletions may, will make a lot more sense. So birth control is going to deplete B2, B12, which is important for stomach acid, um, bloating, digestion, um, zinc, which is entirely critical for healthy skin, healthy immune system, magnesium, which is responsible for over 300 different reactions in the body, your metabolism, um, anxiety, all of those type of things. Um, it's depleting vitamin C, vitamin E. It's depleting B9 or folate, which that is a key, key nutrient for fertility and optimal hormone health. It's depleting B6 and it's depleting selenium, which is very crucial for thyroid function. So that's why we see when people go on birth control that they they can have um, their thyroid really kind of start acting up because look at the laundry list of stuff that it's depleting. Um, some things that people might see or experience, and I know this firsthand because I've experienced some of these, and now I'm working with people who are experiencing a large amount of these, but things that are really common side effects of the pill are things like headaches, neck and back pain, especially when we're talking about hormonal IUDs, acne, which is funny because that's why most people go on it, weight gain. I see that all the time, um, long and heavy periods. That's kind of more with the hormonal IUD, not as much with the birth control pill, um, stomach problems such as bloating, indigestion, constipation, uh, and low sex drive, which is interesting because isn't like, if you are going on it for birth control, 
why would you want low sex drive, right? Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, other things, um, metabolic issues like insulin sensitivity, mood disorder. So de- depression and anxiety become much more common with the birth control pill. Infertility, big one. Um, and breast cancer because of these exogenous estrogens um, that really place a heavy burden on the liver to be able to detox. And so some people, when they're on birth control, they can get melasma, which I had myself um, once I was put on the second form of birth control because the first birth control I was put on made my acne a million times worse. So the second one gave me a melasma, which I finally gotten rid of. Um, but that's typically, that's a really big liver burden. Um, and that's why you kind of get that hyperpigmentation. It's a, it's an increase in these estrogens. Um, and that's why it can be a cause for breast cancer. So the infertility thing is very important because when they do these studies, when the pharmaceutical companies did these studies on safety, efficacy, you know, to get FDA approved, whatnot, they did these studies on the cream of the crop health women, right? Like they did not do these studies on people who have endometriosis, people who have PCOS, people who have acne, people who already had irregular periods. They did these on like the healthiest of healthy people, right? So, um, when what we're what they're finding is now, you know, there's an issue with infertility, especially with people coming off the pill. I've worked with people who they've been off for one, like a year or two or three, and they're still having issues getting pregnant. And it takes a lot of work to be able to heal from what the pill's done in terms of hormone dysregulation. But um, I think that that's a really important informed consent because for me, I went off at I think I was 20, 22 or twenty. I think I was 22. So I went off, I was only on it for a year and a half, not even maybe two years. And so I was young, you know, we're not, we weren't looking to have kids. So, but I knew, and I was learning about these things and I was like, well, I do want to have them someday. And I see so many people go off right when they want to have kids. And that's not really the most optimal thing because you got a lot of internal work to do to be able to kind of make yourself ovulate again. And you know what? Some people do. Some people get off the pill and they, they do start ovulating and that's amazing. But what I'm finding in practice is that's not, that's very uncommon and pretty far and few in between. Like majority of people are struggling with post pill symptoms, you know, post pill symptoms, essentially their symptoms, what they were before worse because the liver and everything has to break down everything that's in these small pills. I've read multiple studies that say that we can be detoxing from this pill for an extra 10 to 15 years. Um, which is crazy because it's just this small little thing and you're just like, how can this affect me that much? Uh, but it does. And so I think that this is just a really important conversation to have. And because of the fact that it shuts down ovulation, I see a lot of people with estrogen dominance, especially as they're coming off the pill, estrogen dominance, testosterone surges because their body is finally trying to figure things out. Um, but the problem is so many people are on this for five, 10, 15 years. And that's a long time to shut off the communication between your sex organs and your brain. Um, when in reality, those things should constantly be in contact with each other. Um, and I see so many people who are menopausal be put on birth control to, I don't, for what, I mean, to, I I don't understand that. That's, I think doing so much more damage than good. We're not being told the vitamins and minerals that it's depleting. Um, we're not being told the amount of depression, anxiety, infertility, increased risk of cancer, stomach issues. We're not being told any of those things. And for me, those risks don't outweigh the benefit. For me, I, once I realized this, I said, I'm going to actually figure out why, 
I have acne. I'm going to figure out why I have gut problems. I'm going to do that instead of taking something that's just masking it. Right. It's just like, it's, it's not actually getting to the root. And I think that's the most important thing. And so, but for people who do want birth control for the sense of birth control, I think that it's, it's a, I'm very glad that we have this accessible to females. I just wish that, um, that, that there would be a little bit more informed consent with it, that there would be, you know, okay, because it's depleting this, we have to make sure that you're getting this through your diet and maybe think about supplementation. Um, you know, it can be affecting your mood and depression. So really make sure that you're doing these lifestyle things. Um, you know, if there was that discussion, it wouldn't be as bad, right? Because then people could make that decision. But the problem is, is there's not. So that's why we're having it here. (laughs) So, um, I'm, I'm just really passionate about that because I, I'm a firm believer that this is heavily missing in doctor's offices. Um, so let's touch on real quick how the non-hormonal IUD works. So the non-hormonal IUD, uh, like the copper IUD, it does not use obviously hormones. So it's not doing the same mechanism where it's not shutting off the connection between your brain and your ovaries. Um, so you are still able to ovulate and have regular hormones, but the, that mechanism of, of action is, is interesting. And I'm still kind of figuring out the opinion, but let me just share with you what it's doing. So the the mechanism of how it works is it is essentially creating inflammation in the pelvic region and the inflammation is would kill the sperm. So the sperm can never make it to the egg to fertilize. So therefore, that's why you, you can't get pregnant with that in. But then I think to myself, okay, inflammation, you know, here and there is good. Like after an intense workout, you want some inflammation to go clear out and help you recover. After you stub your toe, you want inflammation so that it can kind of go and do its thing. If you have a cold, you want the immune cells in there to help kind of clear it out so it can do its thing. But chronic long-term inflammation, not a fan, right? Like that's what I, what essentially causes disease, like constant low-grade inflammation in the body. So I think you know, I don't know to what extent that it's being caused, but I think of, okay, if it's creating the inflammation, if people are wearing this for months and years, like I don't, I I worry about long-term ramifications of that. Um, do I think that that's a better option? I do. I think that that's a better option than the hormonal birth control because at least your body still has that connection, right? But I do worry about the inflammation in the pelvis, which is why when you are on the non-hormonal IUD, pelvic pain is a very, very common symptom that most people experience because of that inflammation. Most people get heavier, uh, more painful periods because of that, I believe, right? Because when when you fix inflammation, like periods shouldn't be painful, heavy, et cetera. Like that's what causes the pain. So, um, you know, that's definitely an important distinction and an important thought that you kind of should have when you're thinking about the non-hormonal IUD. So I think that the, the, these tidbits and these things that they deplete are really important for us to think of, make sure that we're supporting them because if we're on this and we're not supporting all that it's depleting, think about how long our body has been depleted for. And it does take some work. And I get that question a lot. Like how long does it take your body to heal after the pill? You know, I, the people that I work with, when we can start them on a really great regimen a few months before they get off so that they can really start rebuilding all of these deficiencies or at least trying, um, you know, that's a really great start. But then once they get off, they have already kind of been doing a lot of the diet lifestyle, you know, protocol work to be able to kind of help them. And I've found that so many people that I'm work with, I'm, I'm so envious of them because they are, they are gliding past these symptoms that I 
totally struggled with and they are breezing through them with ease because we've put them on a path to be able to really help support the body where I was just kind of like shooting in the dark. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to try to fix it. And I, I did have some pretty bad post pill experiences. I had pretty bad post pill acne, um, because of the androgen surge. And I didn't understand why it was happening, but now I understand why those things happen. So now I'm able to help other people mitigate them. But you know, I was just trying to be a trailblazer for you guys so that I can now sit here and help you guys. Um, so, you know, if coming off the pill is something that it interests you, I think that it's really important to just, you don't, I don't recommend stopping at cold Turkey. I always say, you know, if you're going to do it, I think people should finish their, the pack. Um, and then, and then kind of go from there, but do understand that the bleed that you get with the pack, that does not count as your first period. Um, for me personally, I didn't get my period for one to I think it was three months after. So that's definitely better. Some people don't get it for six months to a year. Some people, you know, I was working, I'm working with it. It was like almost two years. Um, that's not the case for everybody by any means. It depends on how long you're on it. It depends on how well you're supporting your body. All of those things are really, really important. Uh, one thing that I did forget to mention, cause I get this question a lot, um, because birth control is known to create leaky gut. And the reason that it creates leaky gut is because it's, it's, creating inflammation in the GI system. And therefore things are kind of able to sneak through. People always ask, can you kind of support leaky gut while you're on the pill? And I think that that's a really great, a great question. And it's kind of like, you know, you're, you've got a hole in the ceiling and water's coming through and you keep patching it with duct tape, but like, you know, that it's going to rain tomorrow and it's just going to keep coming down. So it's like the insult's going to continuously be there. Um, so I think that there's definitely gut, good gut things that you can do to help support yourself, but it's important to just know that like, it's not going to make it go away because it is going to continuously still make the gut leaky. Right. If that makes sense. Um, so, um, I think that, that that's really important, you know, like the gut create or the birth control can create leaky gut. It creates insulin sensitivity. It creates mood, uh, mood disorders, anxiety, depression, it's been linked to infertility or issues getting pregnant, breast cancers, especially the more estrogen dominant ones, especially with how strongly the liver is tied to cancers and the birth control pill really places a heavy uh, liver burden. Lots of gut issues, lower sex drive, acne, weight gain. I see the weight gain thing a lot. And I think a lot of that has to do with insulin sensitivity and the vitamin deficiencies. And I mean, it's, it really is a kind of a holistic picture. So I think that Hopefully this is something that's helpful for you guys to be able to, to now know this information. And, you know, if you're on birth control, don't panic, don't freak out. Like now, hopefully, you know, some of these things, you can maybe start adding some of these nutrients into your diet to help, help limit the vitamin depletion. Um, you know, if you are experiencing these symptoms, you are not crazy. These are very common. They're on the package insert. So, you know, if you weren't told this by your practitioner, I'm very sorry because I wasn't either, but you know, I think it's important that now we know, and now you can make an informed choice, whether you want to stay on great, you can support yourself when you're on or whether you want to come off great. There's so many things that you can do. I definitely recommend, um, you know, lots of different liver support, um, really being able to open up your detox pathway, support your gut health, support your metabolic health. These are all things that I talk about in my online hormone course. You guys can use code podcast 20 for a discount. I think that I really want, I really made that course so that 
if you are thinking about going off birth control, you want to understand how your hormones work. You want to understand how you can support your body during this time. I highly, 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 highly recommend it. That's why I created it. Um, it's, it's really going to give you a deeper understanding of exactly what's going on, how you can support ovulation, even if you don't want to have a kid, because ovulation, like I said, is the most important part of our female cycle. Um, so you guys can check that out in the show notes. The show notes are just right below this episode. If you scroll, it's just like all the bunch of, of notes kind of combined together. Um, so I, um, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this educated consumer series part one. There's going to be many parts. I would love to hear what things you guys would like to be informed consent given. Uh, you know, I just figured just because of so much of what I talk about is hormonal and, I just thought that birth control and oral contraceptives was just the best place to start. But I do plan on doing, like I said, things on like energy drinks, caffeine, pre-workout, um, like per- certain things in the personal care product world, um, certain packaged foods, because right, like we don't, we don't get the informed consent when we're picking those up, right? At least we should be getting an informed consent with a pharmaceutical. Hopefully you did. I did not. <laughs> so still bitter about that, but it's okay because it forced me to learn a lot. And uh, now I get to share that knowledge, which... I love doing, obviously, as you guys know. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, I'm going to kind of scatter these in between my other episodes that I'm doing with guests. Um, you know, I do quite a bit of solo episodes, but I do try to have guests on as well so that you guys can really get uh, a good, just a good variety, right? Like we're not always talking about hormones. We're not always talking about periods and stuff. And I want to try to give a little bit of something that we can all level up our, our health and our performance and our, our just well-being and be just awesome, strong and resilient humans in this world, um, and be empowered. And that's, that's, that's my goal. And that's my mission. So thank you guys for being here and I will see you next week. Hey.